let's check back in with Felosio. And the sword starts to hum in your hand. And this time, before you can even do anything, it seems to be guiding your arm. And it slashes through the air, and it creates a rift. And through this rift, you can see streaming sunlight and billowing clouds. Wow. Does it slash up or down? Like, is it significant, the way it slashes? Nope. It's just tearing through the space in front of us. Well, let's go. I'll follow. All right. You step through the opening and you walk out into, uh, I guess for (laughs) purposes of description, it's like the very cartoony version of heaven that everybody always thinks of. There's like Hercules kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, Mount like little like cherubs. Yeah, like, for with, sure. You know, um, clouds with like, different houses on. Them. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say there seems to be like a landscape being formed out of these clouds and everything seems very far from you, but also not that far from you. Um, and there's like angelic music kind of happening all the time. But it's a little it's bit just like pervasive. But it's a little like, bit more like it's a little bit more like um, horror music as well. Pan flutey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and you can actually see in front of you there is like a patch of um, there's just like a patch of wildflowers that are like human height, um, which is like a little bit higher up than than the two of you. And that's really the only thing in your immediate vicinity. And you can see in the far distance, there is uh, uh, some sort of like columned temple up on a hill. Um, Those are the two main things you can see where you are. What do you do? Is there a gate near us? Kind of like he was talking about that he couldn't get through a gate. Um, Give me a perception check. 28. Wow. You don't see a gate anywhere near you, um, and you're you're up on a little bit of a knoll here, so you can actually see a pretty good distance around you. But again, it is super hard to tell what distance means in this place, so it's not super obvious like how far you can see yeah. and all that. But yeah. it feels like does it feel weird there, or like like does it feel uh, not treacherous, but like icky? Or does it feel like a nice scenario? Give me an insight check. A 14? You feel like you don't belong there, which is really the only uneasy feeling you're getting. Mm. Um, Otherwise, there's nothing about the environment that gives you, like, a danger read. Uh, Francis, I feel like Sporklepuss would like it here. I don't know. I'm worried it's a little bit too bright for for him not enough not not enough dirt to live in that's true i am a little bit worried though i if keldon was right and this place is inhabited by gods we might stick out like sore thumbs i wonder if we should practice some extra humility here but if there are gods here i'm guessing they would already know we're here hmm. that's a good point I guess we can go up to that tower or temple or whatever it is and 
just see if we can find someone. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't be too worried if omnipresent, omniscient gods lived here and they knew they would have to know we were here. If they wanted us dead, they would have been acting on it. Do you say that scanning around? <laughs> yeah, kind of looking around like, oh man, are we about to be smited? Smitten. <laughs> yes, yeah. Smitten like a kitten. Uh. Um, as you are speaking about those things, suddenly out of the clouds around you uh, and possibly without you noticing before um, you sort of pause your conversation a bunch of vines and weeds and wildflower stems have sprouted around your feet and your bodies and you find yourselves entangled and I'm going to need you to make a strength saving throw please Ah, oh, critical fail, but I still got a 12. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> well, we're both strangled to death and the adventure is over. The end. God. Uh, let's see. So what happens? A creature must make a strength saving throw or be restrained. So you are both restrained until the spell ends. Felicia um, whispers, devil snare, devil snare. What's the Harry Potter <laughs> Were there? Oh yeah, aren't oh, you? Remember. Devil snare, devil snare. Just sit there and don't panic, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, that's dumbass. it. <laughs> um, and okay, so uh, you both have critical fail on the strength God. save. I think this just catches you so off guard, and you've been through a lot. You're both completely wrapped up. You can't even like move your weapons at all. Um, you're essentially just like strapped to the ground now <laughs> and right. out of out of the uh the the taller wildflowers in front of you um you see the form of a humanoid figure with the legs of a goat and a pair of long curled goat horns and Does it sound like Danny DeVito? <laughs> it doesn't sound like Danny DeVito, but it kind of looks like his it character is from Danny Hercules. <laughs> um, and Felosiel, could you give me a religion check, please? Francis, this is how we die. <laughs> it's crushing my chest. <laughs> 14. Um, so, Felosiel, you, of course, know this god. It is Pan. The god that gives the druids their power and works through nature in the form of magic and all sorts of things on the planet that you come from on Finrado. Um, and these vines are not crushing your chests or anything. Um, they are actually weirdly comfortable, but you can't move. You know what I mean? So it's not right. it's not doing physical damage, but you cannot move. And Pan strolls toward the two of you. And Francis, could you give me an insight check? Uh-huh. Oh, I got a five on my insight check. You have no fucking read on this guy. Uh, I would say, in fact, that you're panicking a little bit as this this character comes walking towards you. Hyperventilating. Yeah, yeah, you're freaking out. Um, Flosio, what do you do? Well, what do what do either? Of you do? <laughs> I could cast entangle on this person, and then we're all just gonna be laying in the weeds. Um. Uh, please, whatever deity you are, please don't. We mean you no harm. Fran Francis, it I I think that's pa Pan. 
how uh, does that make sense to Francis? How much how much knowledge does uh, he have about something like that? I think I think yeah. Long. I was gonna say you'd probably have some history lessons that would have talked about the religions of Pan, so you would know of this god. I I think some of my powers and my connection to nature comes from them. Try and convince him to loosen these binds. Um, excuse me? Why are we tangled up? Uh, and the figure kind of walks all the way over to the two of you, and he's standing right over you now, looking down at you. And he's holding a, a flute in his hand. And he's looking around, looking at you, contemplating. And... Um... Philosial... This figure stoops down, and you feel him lift the sword out of your hand. No. And he picks it up and is staring at it. No, that's mine. And then he looks back down at you, sort of cocks his head to the side. Does he have goat eyes? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. Not, not ideal. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the features are human. Um, Can I cast Untangle on him? It'll be on you, too. I'm already tangled up. That's all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what does he have to do? A strength save? Uh, yeah, strength save. Beat a 17. He's not a particularly strong god, is he? <laughs> uh, it's He's a god. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be a 24 on strength. So my weeds come up and try to go around him, but I guess. Uh, he, he quickly, like, snacks on them, and then he looks back down at you and he hands you the sword back and then he just looks around one more time. He kind of looks up at the sun and you see him play his flute a little bit and a few songbirds emanate from it and they fly out into this meadow that he's created here. And he looks and he just sits down on the grass beside the two of you and suddenly you feel the vines loosen. And you're no longer entangled. I don't understand. Are Do you understand me? It's so curious, finding you here. How have you found your way to my sacred meadow? Uh, and he turns and gives you a very goaty look. I think you might already know. You picked up that sword. Did you feel... Mm, power or anything with the sword because that's how I got here. I thought as much but I must admit I thought perhaps you were some sort of demon but it feels that only your weapon has such negative magic to it. Yeah, no, there's a man trapped inside of it. Curious. Very curious. And you are Pan? I am. And you are one of my many, many children. Are you not? I think that guy's my dad. And I point to Francis. Um, I, I think she might be right about that. But maybe on a celestial sense, you could be right. How is it that you are unsure of your parentage? Mm. Is that directed at <laughs> the parent or the child? Uh, two, both of you. 
Nah, I'm pretty sure he's my dad, but he's just been gone for a while. Are you her father? There's the vague sense of, I'm just not sure. How are you not sure? You don't understand. I, I've i been held hostage by a, a powerful, magical being that used to be a, a person that I admired. Hmm. So your, your mind has been impacted by this negative magic. For more time than, than I can recall. Well, we must sort out exactly why you are here. This sacred meadow is not to be trod upon by just anyone, nor is this plain accessible to mere mortals such as yourself. But in the meantime, if you would like to come with me, sir, I may show you something that could be of use. Sure. Oh, was he talking to you? He was gesturing to uh, Francis, but but you're welcome to join. I, I suppose I'll come along. And he he starts to stride off through this meadow, and as he walks, the tall flowers sort of part around him. And it's not too far. He takes like ten steps into this tall thicket, and then you suddenly emerge into a clearing, and in the center of it is what appears to be a, a deep, round, clear pool of water. <gasps> Francis, if there's a very good chance that you'll touch that water and then you'll just fall into it and have weird dreams if it's anything like back in Finrodel. Well, we wouldn't want that. Here. And he scoops up a, uh, like a wooden mug full of the water from this pool and he hands, holds his hand out to you, Francis. Uh, I think that, you know, with like, a look at Felocial and then a look back at back at Pan. You know, you reach like a, a hesitant hand out, but I mean, it's a god. What are you going to do? And then I'll hold the cup and say, do, do I drink it? Yes, I believe that it will help you understand the things that you have forgotten. Uh, And then I'll just like take a deep breath in and then try and chug the whole thing okay um francis i need you to make a a... death saving throw as your brain is ripped (laughs) apart (laughs) uh no but could you make me a i want to say a constitution saving throw sure Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. a 15 um so what happens to you is invisible to those outside of you you're sort of struck stricken uh, paralyzed for a few moments as as soon as the water crosses your lips all of your memories come flooding back oh man everything it's <laughs> a lot of memories <laughs> everything that Keldon took from you everything that he did to you on the island um, oh, everything about Felosiel everything that you missed about her everything that you missed about your old life and your brain is in the process of being made whole, um, your brain is really straining here. Uh, like if you right. were a machine, there'd be smoke coming out of your ears, that kind of deal. Right. Um, and I think you managed to just keep it together. Um, but when you open your eyes, you find that you are laying on your back and Felocial, you've been trying to revive 
him for a few minutes as he's sort of like thrashed around on the ground. Um, but you wake up and when you open your eyes, you are now concretely looking at your daughter's face. I think so. Like I've realized that like I spent time with her having not remembered and now like Mm. everything has come back even from like a third person perspective where it's like oh you were with this person that you didn't know who they were but now like you know who they are kind of like all all of that i i think that like instantly it'll be like so emotionally overwhelming because you know like francis was so motivated to find the sword because he didn't want the burden to fall on to his his family that he's just like philosophical and like wants to like grab and hug you and like tear up and it's it's a very strong kind of like it's a it's a pretty powerful moment for him yeah are you gonna are you gonna like resist (laughs) that hug (laughs) uh because he's like coming in for like a hug um philosophical give me an insight check (laughs) She pats you on the head and says, there, there. Uh, a 14. Uh, with a 14, I think that you're... Uh, like there's something in the tone that's familiar. What tone? Like Francis's. Yeah, the way I'm saying it. Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, I think, yeah, you, first of all, you have a gut instinct about this pond that you think is true, and correct especially based on what just happened um, because you yourself have experienced something similar and you kind of have these blackout phases and then come to and it seems like francis maybe just went through that and then for sure when he opens his eyes and speaks to you you can tell that he remembers everything francis philosial i I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry for everything. I I can't believe I've been gone for so long. You've been gone for so long. I know. I I, I went to go get the sword. It, it's all coming back to me. I, I remember leaving. I remember wanting to protect you and our family from the sword. And I, I just... I I can't believe how poorly it went and how, how long I've... I've been away. And you you came back after the war and you left me a note? Was that you? Yeah, I I left it in the treehouse and I I I just I just had to go so that I could protect you from this awesome power. I I didn't want you to come to the cruel fate that that Keldon it, it just it just went so poorly. How are you feeling about Keldon, by the way, Francis? <laughs> because I think part of the memories that flooded back were why you cared enough about him to go after yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But also everything that he took from you. At the same time, though, I think that, you know, this the sword completely just changed... Like that wasn't Keldon. Like it's it's like that that was that was someone else. Like the Keldon that that 
that Francis looked up to and that like had so much admiration of, um, like that never went away. Like nothing that happened with the sword after that could, could take that away. Now that I'm remembering all of those good things about it at the same time, it's more of like a resentment towards, or like a fear of the sword, like how it can take such a great person and turn them into such a miserable, like, like what's the good word? Maleficent. What's that? What's that word? Maleficent. Uh, sort of creature like take someone so admirable and turn them so dark and vindictive and just like cruel yeah uh so i think that there's this like added weariness like this or wariness uh uh regarding keldon because it's like holy like this is a very cruel creature that's been corrupted by the sword but like the inner part of it is like ah uh, like keldon is still such a a good figure yeah, interesting. So anyway, I just I just explained all that to you. For yeah, us. yeah. <laughs> Pan is sort of standing off to the side, and he looks at you, Felosio, and says, "You know the power of this water, yes?" He, yes, I do. I have offered my guidance to my children in Finrodel for many, many years and millennia and this natural connection is how i can offer my guidance have you followed the visions that i granted you i i think i think so it's not just me it's my friends too and the most recent I guess advice that you've shared with me led me to this sword that holds the demon man. Yes, it does sound like the path that you've tread. And you're not quite finished with your path. But before you can leave, there is something you must learn. Do I need to drink the water? No. The water will have a role to play, but for now, you need to visit with another god. Let's consider this a part of your spiritual education. I hope it's Haku. That that one seems cool. Ah, you are familiar with some of my colleagues, I can see, but no, mm. you will speak with Cleo. There. In the temple on the hill. And he points to the one other structure you can see. And he says, Time moves differently here. And I think if you wish to help your friends, you best be moving on. Do I need to go see Cleo alone? Or can my dad come with me? Take your father. And Francis... Enjoy the memories. Make new ones. I, I, I certainly will. Philosophy has served me well and has protected all of my creation in her world as much as she could. And for that, I am at your service. Thank you. 
I will await you here. Now go speak with Cleo and learn what you must know. Thank and, you. And then come back to you? He doesn't say anything. He's sort of in a meditative state now. Oh, God. Sitting, looking into the water. It sounds like there's not much time to spare. Yeah. Cut. Let's Let's go. And you walk off, and as you're walking toward the hill now, the flowers are parting for you as well. So Pan was clearly controlling that and is either has either granted you that power or is sort of actively following you with his uh, magic. And as you reach the hill, there's actually now clear steps forming in the cloud leading up to this temple, and you're able to ascend. And there's sort of an eerie silence in this part of the realm and you climb up and up and up and when you reach the temple um, you can now turn and you can see that Pan's Meadow has spread as far as the eye can see. Uh, it sort of encompasses the entire horizon now as the sun uh, streams down onto it and you can't actually pick Pan out from up on this hill or the pond where you were. Um, so it almost feels like his his nature that he creates is very fluid. Um, he can kind of shift locations. Um, and Felosiol, I think you get a sense that the nature you were experiencing there and even this parts of this realm and everything that you've seen so far is sort of weirdly part of Pan and maybe Pan is part of those things. It's almost like they're all one source of energy and, and being. The temple in front of you has massive polished white stone columns and uh but a regular sized door which strikes you as a little bit odd and the regular sized door is right in front of you what do you do should should we knock or just go in again i think we're in the world of all these gods and deities so they must know we're here so do we need to announce ourselves? I think we just go in. There's probably not too much need for politeness in this realm. They probably know we're coming. Is there a handle? or? Uh, no, it looks like it's just like a push kind of door. I push on it. Ha! She pushes, and it was a pull. Dang yeah. it! No! The sign on the side says... Pull. Uh, no, uh, you push, you push, and it does that like cool stone sliding over stone kind of sound as you open it, and you walk in, and you are inside of a massive library, just a massive library, and it's not like any library you've seen in Finrodel. It has scrolls it has texts it has leather bound books it has um like just stacks of parchment and at the center of that um in the midst of the stacks you see uh what appears to be a young woman sitting and she has a, a headdress of leaves and she is pouring over some kind of ancient text and without looking up she says Oh, yeah, don't bother knocking then. Just come on in. We did. That's a bit of sarcasm for you there, darling. Are you Cleo? I'm Cleo. 
and you're Flosial, and you must be Francis. That's right. Welcome. I've been waiting here for you for quite a while. Have you been getting my messages down there where you're from? I'm just going to look at Felocial. And Felocial will look back at you and shrug. So she looks at you and suddenly the room goes dark and stormy and a song picks up. The winds blow far and wide. And it sounds it sounds like the one that you heard on the airship. But most have died. And she also recites several pieces of poetry that you heard described to you by Flint and Macecore um, and Dresden when they were searching for the weapons that they were called to. And she actually like pulls out scrolls that have these things on them as she's reading them and reciting them. Um, and she says, So yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a string puller. I'm uh I'm a bit of a historian as well. So I've been very interested in your story. Curious to see how it ends. It seems a lot of people are. Yeah. Well, most of these they're foregone conclusions. I know the ends before the people who are living them, but not yours. It's sort of a strange case, you see. Oh, but I also love a good twist. How about you? Mm. Not, not usually. Not one, not one that doesn't end in our favor. Well, all I can do, and my only part in your story is this. And she hands you a scroll. And she says, I would go and uh, maybe give that a read. Maybe down in the meadow. Just see what you think. I think it'll help you on your way and answer some questions that you may not even have been asking. Can you point us to the meadow? That's down the hill. I think it's just flowers. I, I, I don't suppose you can give us any more insight as nope, to how nope, the story nope. Now you've, you've got to be going oh. out, out of the library. We're closing. Your song on the wind was very creepy and good. Ooh, thank you. Um, And she's sort of like shooing you out as she's like throwing like scrolls back onto shelves and blowing out lamps and she pushes you toward the door she pushes you through and then you hear the door slam behind you and when you turn to look back there's no door there now oh Oh my gosh um and you have the scroll in your hand and you you look out over the meadow as the sun seems to be both rising and setting which is weird um we're in alaska (laughs) no um and there's a slight breeze that's picked up, and it feels a little, little bit chill as you descend the steps from the temple back toward Pan's Meadow. Hi everyone, it's Keegan, your Felocial, here with your mid-roll announcements. It's hard to believe, but this is the next-to-last episode before we start our final arc of this campaign. With solo journeys drawing to an end, it's time for us all to get back together. Hopefully. 
but I guess time will tell. If you're enjoying our show, please share it with a friend or family member. Word of mouth is a great way for our show to be noticed by more people like yourselves. Share our journey with them. Another great way for you to support our show is by leaving a rating and a review wherever you're listening. Especially on Apple Podcasts, ratings and reviews help us to be noticed by more listeners like yourself and be boosted in the podcast world. And I encourage you to head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisishowweroll. Over there, you're going to find hours of extra content for as little as a dollar a month. Plus, we have maps and a side campaign, all for you to access. And thank you to our patrons, Junior, Johanna, and Mario. You can find the links to our social media and our Patreon in the show notes. And now, let's get back to this next-to-last episode of The Great Divide. Now let's find out what Flint has been up to. The two of you, Stoney and Flint, are on the deck of the airship as it heads, chugs back along to the south, and the inventor is sitting at his keyboard, and the cultist that you captured, I think, is tied up somewhere? Yeah, we just brought him, where. We brought him onto the deck, tied up. Was he unconscious? I think he had, I think all of, he had given up any uh, motivation. He, he was sort of out yeah, of fight. Okay. He's just going along. <laughs> he was tied up, but he was just like. He's waiting for death. Yeah, he's like a creature that like, if you grabbed it, it would just like give up because that's the easiest way out. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So that's the scene. What do you guys do? Hey, what, uh, did, what was that shadow? Did it? Did anyone else see that? Oh man, I don't know. I I saw something, but uh, you know, probably shouldn't worry about it. It's probably not a huge deal. Like, no, I think. Well, okay, I, I, I mean, I don't want to like cause more worry than I have to, but um, the last I so remember how I was telling you about the time loop. And yeah, the, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. Well, like every time the day would end, a dragon would come and burn us alive, and he lives here. And he made a very, very similar shadowy kind of um, shape. Whoa, 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 Flint. Yeah, he likes it. Was he lives in a cave and he's like sits on moonstones and stuff. So I'm just get my head around this because I'm trying to just like you know a lot's happened, man. A lot's happened. So you're saying there's like a pretty good chance that there's like a dragon like circling us somewhat. Well, no, I, I mean, but like, I don't want to jump well, to that. It, but it's a possibility, right? Like that's a possibility. I I would say that we shouldn't say that there's definitely not a dragon. <laughs> Dude, this is just us. classic Flint and Stony, man. Of course there's a dragon like over us and like gonna like attack us or whatever. Like that's just classic. No, us. yeah. Well, I mean, that'd be like bad. Uh, what it, the fuck are you guys talking it, about? That can't possibly be classic for you. You wouldn't even be alive. No, well, I've read, okay. We've had a couple of run-ins with uh, Flint. I'm yeah, getting okay, real sick anything, of this, man. No, I mean, I in, in, I saw something, but uh, I don't know I what mean, it is. Well, Inventor, did you see that? I saw something. It was moving fast, way too fast to be an airship. I'm going to kick the guy who's tied up on the floor. (laughs) Did you see anything, what you were looking up? Oh, no, 
No, I didn't see anything. Oh, okay. Jeffrey definitely didn't. Okay. Um, we should go back to your hideout. I think that's what we should do, okay. Sony. And maybe like sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to tell me yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Mr. Let's, uh, let's, driver let's, let's person. Let's uh, l- l- let's go. Inventor kicks it into high gear and also kind of hikes his his lab coat collar up around him and shivers because it is getting very Good. brisk as the breeze starts to blow. I'm going to pick up the box with Jeffrey in it. Hey, uh, we got to put Jeffrey somewhere like in, like safe. Uh, I don't want him to go like flying off the side. I, I'm going to go put him in my bunk, but we need to put him somewhere like prisonery. Yeah. Um. You mean the brig? You have one of those? Yeah. Sure. Oh. Just uh. Okay. Flint, let's just make sure that it's not near that lab, because the last time I was in the lab, like some weird stuff happens. So let's let's not put him near the lab. That's my right. only yeah, good. quest. Yeah. Wh- yeah. Uh, hey, which door is the brig? Uh, downstairs, third door on your right. Third door on the right. Okay. Okay. Good. It's the one with the big metal bars. You can't miss it. Got it. Um. Okay. Stony, I think we should take take our budget. Uh, what's your name again? I'm Smiley Johnson. Um, Smiley, before we uh, take you down there and like you know make you prisoner, and everything, you got anything uh anything a little shiny for uh my friend Flint and I? Anything that looks a little shiny? Yeah. You already took my weapons. Oh well, I don't but have we didn't. Else. We didn't take your, like I don't know if you were hiding anything in, like your pockets or anything. Can I do a perception check to see if he has anything shiny on him? Uh, you can investigate him if you Invest- want to give him a little pat. Yeah, down. I, think oh, a pat down I want. I want to investigate him. I'll pat him down in all the right areas. That's a twenty. Uh, you do a thorough <laughs> search, invasive, even, and he has nothing. <laughs> on him. Ah, all right. It really seems like, yeah, these guys have definitely been brainwashed into doing Burial's work without much reward. Okay, well. You won't have anything to, like, pick the locks or anything when we put you down there, uh, Smiley. Uh, also, you're not really living up to your namesake there, bud. You know, it's not all bad. Flint, I did a very thorough investigation. I got I, I got in some places, and there is nothing shiny on him. Good. Nice. After we put him in the brig, we'll, you should wash your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been hiking for a while. Yeah. I yeah, can we, tell. Well, yeah. Uh, I can tell. Um, Okay. I'm going to take Jeffrey, and I'm going to put him in, in my, like, next to my bunk. But then, okay. and then, uh, and then I guess we'll put, we'll put Smiley in the brig. Yeah. All right, sweet. You do so. And the brig has a really cool, like, big brass wheel to turn the locks on the outside. Oh, nice. So you're, like, really, you really get him good and secure in there. Good. Sweet. Good. 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 Um, how many minutes has it been since Jeffrey, like, I, like he poofed? Uh, good question. Unclear. You haven't really been keeping track of the seconds. Um, I'm going to knock on the box. Okay. Just to see if I hear any signal back. Cause I don't want to like open it as he's like molting and then have like the orb disappear or something. Cause I'm assuming this box is what sort of contains him spatial. Mm. So you could take a peek. Um, I guess the risk is always going to be that it's like right at that second that he's flashing. So I'll have you roll a d20. Okay. And as long as you don't get a crit fail, it's not going to be the exact moment of his death. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> this is risky. I got to really yeah, oh make God. sure I'm not peeking in there. It's, I can't, it's just like, <laughs> I'm feeling really nervous about this all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, Some consequences, do it. you know? Uh, do it. Oh, I got an 18. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You open it. Um, he still looks young and fresh. Nice. Hey, like he has a cool set of shades and a sideways flat brim. Um, he's in his like yeah, he's, uh, '90s hip hop prime. He's got frosted tips. Um, I I just wanted to check on him, so I'll say, "Hey, Jeffrey, sorry, I didn't want to like wake you up or anything. I, like, I was, just, I just kind of wanted to like check on you. Do do I still have like, is my ability to communicate still working? You say that to him, and he looks back at you through his orb and just says. Squaw! Oh, oh. Squaw! Oh, God. Ah. Well, I, I'm i having a hard time understanding you because, like, I took a post. It, it doesn't matter, Jeffrey. Okay. We're going to figure out how to get you out of, out of, out of there, but um, I'm just going to I'm just gonna let you rest for now. Squaw! Yeah, okay. yeah you too, bud. Uh, and then I'll close <laughs> the lid on the box. Okay. Um, I guess um, I'll say... Estonia... If you feel like going to go ask uh, Smiley anything, like we can tag team this because I kind of want to go see if the inventor has uh, like any ideas how we might be able to get Jeffrey out of his his crystal. Mm. Do you want me to like keep an eye on Smiley? I don't think Smiley's really in a talking mood. He seems kind of kind of. They should call him Gloomy. <laughs> Am I right, Flint? Call him yeah. Gloomy instead of smiling. Uh, and actually, from from down the hall, uh, you can just hear. <laughs> oh, oh, man, more like yeah, Gloomy. Yeah, gloomy or Sobby. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey! Smiley, shut up in there. <laughs> Got him. Got, Got him. him. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, just like, uh, I don't know, if you're just like feeling like taking a load off, just like kick your feet up. Just keep an eye on him. If he feels yeah. like talking anymore, you know, just like hear him out. I don't know, grab grab a grab a bottle of booze or something, or maybe there's a sandwich or something down in the galley you can get. But um, Oh, yeah. yeah keep an I eye think, on him. I'm uh, going to go ask the inventor something. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, I'll go up to the inventor. All right. I is. assume this is a conversation that, Stony doesn't need to be privy to, and he's yeah not, for so. sure, yeah. Uh, he's just looking ahead. Uh, hey, inventor. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. Yes. You feeling? If you, you you feel you feeling okay? Oh boy, I could really use a, a day off. To be well, honest, well, you're getting a lot of work in. That's for sure. And that um, hey, I know you got that box, and that's like super helpful. So I. I'm like I'm way farther along in transporting that Phoenix than I got last time. So like, this is really solid. Um, yeah, I'm happy to help. I assume I'll be rewarded properly at some point. Yeah. I mean, there was the lich dust, but more it could be causing this problem. Anyway, long story short, did you happen to look at that crystal ball that Jeffrey's living in? Uh, he hasn't taken a look yet, I don't think. Um, so we gotta be careful when we're looking at him, because I'm worried that if you look at him right as he's molting, um, you know, he'll, like, just disappear back to where we picked him up. But he lives in, oh, like... Oh, shit, yeah, and he goes in, like, fi- hold on, so just logistically now, 
He goes in these 15-minute increments. Yeah. I would say that the first one of those has probably passed. So now if he pops back to where he was, it's going to be 500 feet above the ground somewhere between where you are and Call College. Yeah, I mean, it would be really bad. <laughs> yeah, probably would, yeah. Um, but yeah, just saying. Anyways. But he's like, he like lives, and I'm using my hands and showing him like the size, and he lives in this like crystal ball. Well, I mean, I don't, I haven't really studied much in the world of time dilation and phoenixes, but phoenixes? What's the plural? Phenai? Uh, uh, yeah. Feeny? Yeah, Feenies. Feenies. I haven't studied too many Feenies. Yeah. But, um, my layman's guess would be that if you break the crystal, then he will be free of his entrapment. Huh. I, I would assume that his, he's just... I mean, if he fits in that box, he's not a gigantic creature. I can't imagine that the area of effect of his time dilation is that large. I mean, he's like the size of a crow. Yeah, well, I know they can grow to be bigger, but I guess he sort of had the goldfish thing right now, staying, you know, the size of his container and whatnot. Huh. But if you break it, I mean, I know most bird species, at least, would probably be killed by the impact, but, well, you're in luck, right? Because if that happens, no biggie. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to kill him. Well, but wouldn't he just burn up and hatch again? Huh. That, that makes more, that's, you know, hearing that out loud, it seems like I should have thought of that before. I mean, look, I'm just, I'm just making an educated guess here, all right? Don't quote me on that, and you cannot sue me if that happens, and, or if you try it and I'm wrong. Well, right, yeah, I mean, I'll be upset and probably blame you until I realize that it was my decision to... But It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Okay, okay. Let me, let me go... I need to go think about something. All right. I'm here if you need to run anything by me. We should be there in a few hours. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go into where my bunk is. Like, I'll just peek at Stoney and make sure he's doing all right out there. Stoney is fast asleep. He's got his feet kicked Good. up. Fast asleep. He... <laughs> Not a care in the world. Love it. Love it. That's exactly how I'd want it to be. Okay. I'm going to go in and think. It hasn't been that long. And I know it's like a 15 minute increment kind of thing. So, um, can, can I do like some kind of history check to see if I can remember anything or connect some dots from like sniggly rats? Like, oh yeah. Like I forgot about him saying, oh, I put Jeffrey in there, but, like, it's perfectly safe. It's just a containment kind of thing. Like, it's not, like, a clean room that keeps him alive because if he comes in contact with the outside world, he'll die. Oh, so you're, like, wondering if you ever heard any of that? Yeah, like, or if there's just something that I can remember about my my time in Sniggly Rats' lab. Because, you know, he, like, walked full OC- or he, like... Dresden was in there playing chess and he was describing everything and, you know, all kinds of shit. And I investigated like all the pipes and everything while I was there in call college. I'm just wondering if I can connect any dots based off of recent knowledge. Sure. Um, make a, yeah, history is fine. We could do a history check. See what you can dredge up. Well, that's a three. I'm really bad at history. 
Yeah, and and I mean, honestly, the whole time dilation situation you were in has left your brains feeling a little scrambled. <laughs> right. Um, so you can't really connect those dots. Um, or at least there's not any one thing that Sniggly Rat said or that you noticed in the lab that really, like, is, is sort of tipping the hand here. Um, right. I'd say, if anything, trying to rack your brain just makes you think this might just be a trial and error type situation. Yeah. Okay, how many minutes has it been, do you think, since... Uh... So I think uh, now you could be keeping track, right? So if, yeah. you, if you're, like, really being careful here, um, I don't know if you have a timepiece or anything, but you could certainly be, like, approximating. Yeah. Um, and so why don't you give me... Let's just do a perception check. Let's see how long you think has passed. An 18. That's pretty good. You feel like it's been about seven minutes and he was pretty young so he was young um i'll 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 peek in okay uh why don't you roll for that and you can do it with advantage (laughs) so unless you get two ones oh boy oh i guess advantage doesn't matter when you're rolling oh my god i did get a one (laughs) it does matter oh my god Um, all right you got a 16 16 so you open the, the hatch, and this time um, Jeffrey is is a full-fledged adult phoenix, kind of just chilling out. Um, I'm going to say, Jeffrey, I, I've been doing some thinking. I know before you said that you'd like to get out of your crystal, um, but I was, like, worried about... Like, I was worried about smashing it. How do you feel about me, like, tapping on the glass a little bit with, with this? And I'll pull out the, uh, the Gaia hammer. Mmm... <laughs> um, Jeffrey backs away from the front edge of his glass sphere um, and why don't you give me an insight check we'll see how you're reading your animal friendship with him uh, 14 uh, if you had to interpret Phoenix language without the, the help of performance enhancing drugs you would say that he looks nervous fuck I mean, I would be nervous too if somebody was breaking me out of there. Um, okay, Jeffrey, I'm just gonna give it a couple of light taps, and I'm like, like, kind of whispering into this box with like a a gold pickaxe kind of thing in in one hand, and uh, I'm just saying like, okay, I'm just if at any point you decide that this is not your jam, just like flap your wings at me, bud. All right, he's like up against the far wall, uh, cowering. Okay, and I'll the lean the the top of the box like up against the wall, and then I'm going to take one hand, like open palm, on the front of the sphere, and I'm just going to take my this axe and just like try and like do increasingly like heavy taps, like trying to gauge the material as well as like okay, how how crazy can I get with this? Gotcha. Um, like basically repeatedly tapping, but like testing the boundary a little bit more each time. Let's get a sleight of hand check. Sure. I'm really good at that. I got a 31. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, you're very controlled. Good. And I'll say that you are careful about it, and this hammer just does not seem to have an impact on this sphere. Um, how many minutes do you think I... Is he looking older? 
Uh, as you're tapping, it seems like the stressful situation is having an effect on him, and he starts to lose some feathers. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey, okay, I need to think about this, but I need to close the box because I don't want you to molt and then kind of disappear on me. He gives the wing salute. Okay, so I'll close the box while I think, and I'm going to go and look through my backpack. Okay. And, you know, kind of fitfully looking through and find that the only thing I have is the rock hammer that Stoney gave me. So I think I'll give that a look and think like, okay, maybe this will work. I I don't know. It might be different. I'm not sure. Uh, But it's worth a try because we still got a flight to go on. But all the while, I'd like to be listening to see if I hear like... Oh, like the, the uh, like the phoenix. Uh, what would we call it? Yeah, I was going to say immolation. The, uh, yes, immolation. Exactly. You don't hear it um, as you're as you're preparing your next trial phase here, um, but you do know that the time is getting close. Yeah. So you wait it out. Um, and why don't you give me a perception check, and we'll see if you hear when it happens. A nineteen. Uh, yeah, you take the, the rock hammer out and you wait a couple more minutes and sure enough, you don't really hear anything, but at the joints of the box, you just see a momentary flash of bright yellow light. Ah. And then it seems like it's silent. Well, um, I'll give him, I want to give Jeffrey like 90 seconds to like get his bearings. Cause I'm sure that that's mm, like yeah, a little un- be decent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And have some feathers and stuff. And then after 90 seconds, I'll. I'll open the box and say, "All right, Jeffrey, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try with a different tool this time. Does that sound good?" Squaw. Uh, all right, back up, little guy, and then I'll I'll do the same thing where I like open palm right. the ball, and I'm gonna like increasingly like tap the front of. Let's this. get a uh, sleight of hand again this time. A twenty-three. This time, you're using this very precise rock hammer, and as you're using it in your hand. You have kind. Of, you had. You realized that you had kind of forgotten how quality this piece was, mm, mm-hmm. and and you didn't have it for that long. So you know, it makes some sense. You just had it for a couple years of your childhood, right? And you also remember something that I think you that takes secondary uh, sort of thought in the back of your mind at times that you are a dwarf and you grew up in the world of minerals. And this sphere is made of a very finely shaped crystal. And as you're using this hammer, you think back to a memory in which you and Stony were digging around in a steep sandy riverbed and you unearthed a crystal the size of your arm. And you remember using this hammer to chip away at the sediment that had this thing lodged into this cliff. And you remember thinking back then and Stony counseling you back then that it has more to do with the precision of the strike and not the power. Mm. Mm-hmm. And all of this is running through your mind as you're chipping away, tip tapping. And suddenly on one of your finest pointed pings, you see spider veins in the crystal just emanating from the spot that you hit. And the whole crystal is just covered in these 
hairline fractures. Okay. I, I, I'm going to try and very delicately at the point where the impact happened, like find, there's always like a piece that's loose. Right. Yeah. So I don't want to like crunch this thing, you know, like I want to basically like try and peel open like a little You're trying hole. to crack it open like an egg. Like basically like peel it open just a little bit, just so I can see in there and verify that Jeffrey's okay. Like that's what I'm most interested in. Um, give me an investigation. See if you can find a hole. An eight. It's, it's not looking like there's a hole. It looks like this crystal may have some treatment that's sort of keeping it all together, mm-hmm. but you definitely took away from its structural integrity and like the, uh, crystal lattice structure right. that it was made out of. I, I, before I do anything, I'll say, Jeffrey, are you okay? Squaw! Oh my god, okay, good. Whew. All right. Uh, can I push on it and see if it, like, flexes? Like, is it like a real, like a broken windshield that kind of flexes now? Uh, yeah, it is. I want to try and, like, punch my thumb through it and, like, kind of crack it open like I guess you would, like, an ostrich egg or something. <laughs> Uh, all right, make a sleight of hand check again. Twenty-seven. Even better. You are. You, have you taken this thing all the way out of the box now? Well, I was working on it while it was in the box. Yeah. So I don't think there's enough room to reach your hands around it in the box, probably. Okay. Yeah. So I'll like, if you want to, I'll pick it up in one hand and then with the other hand on top of it, basically try and like peel the, the top half off of this thing. Okay. The peeling of the top half doesn't go as you hoped shit in that as you apply more and more pressure and this thing is flexing suddenly it bursts into a thousand pieces oh shit and the globe is just gone and i'm gonna need to make have you make a dexterity saving throw please oh shit oh god a 24 that's pretty good so with a 24 you have you see a split second in which you can try to use your top hand to snag this bird before it is just slashed to pieces by this crystal. Uh, obviously, I gotta. I'll, I want to. I will give my body up for Jeffrey. And you darted into this like shower of of shards and clasp on top of your bottom hand where you saw Jeffrey. Uh, you're going to take a little bit of damage from that. Yeah. 50 shattered be... glass damage. You're going to take 8 slashing damage from the shards of glass. But, after all of the glass hits the ground, which I think Stony hears down the hall, it sort of wakes him from his slumber. Um, you look down through your bloody hand, and you see... A young Jeffrey sitting on your bottom hand looking up at you. I'm in shock. I'm going to say, oh my god, Jeffrey, is that your blood or mine? And then Sony's going to go, foot, foot, you okay, man? What was that? All right. I, I'm cut. What? Jeffrey, are you okay? Uh, He shrugs. He shrugs. Okay, he's fine. He's fine. Foot, foot. Did you say wait, wait, that you're cut or your butt? No, I'm cut, I'm cut, but he's fine. And I'll put him in my non-bloody hand. Sweet. He sits there. You're okay? Flint? You're good, Yeah, man? I'm good. Come look at this. Come look at this. And in my right hand, I'm like, oh, I, like I've, you know how, like, 
like a kid holds like a baby chicken or something, like just kind of cupped hand and the chicken's just like sitting in it. I assume that's kind of yeah. how like I'm holding Jeffrey right now. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a little adolescent bird that can't probably quite fly yet. Come look at this. Stony. And Stony walks in the room. Whoa, you're holding, you're holding Jeffrey. That's awesome, yeah, man. Yeah, it's Jeffrey. And I'll point to him with my bloody hand. <laughs> oh my God, what happened to that hand? No, it's it's his ball. His ball exploded, uh, and it like cut me up real bad. But like, it's fine, dude. I tried to hit it with like this big hammer, and it didn't work. But then I used I used the rock hammer that you gave back to me, and I was able to get him out of there. Oh no, shit, man! That's awesome. That's so I feel cool, man. Good about this, yeah, as you should, man. Jeffrey, are you feeling pretty good? Uh, Jeffrey doesn't respond really. He shivers a little bit. Oh, okay. Are you cold? Okay. Um, well, uh, I don't know what to do. So like, yeah, um, I, was about, I was about to say, man, like, so, like, what do we do? Like, did we win? Is it, like, victory? I mean, I feel nice, because I feel like Jeffrey's not, like, trapped in that, that ball anymore. I mean, that's pretty good, I think. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> on. Well, I got to get a picture here. Click. Classic Flint holding a phoenix. <laughs> holding a phoenix. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, I think that I'll, I'll, like, take a pillowcase or something and try and wrap around him if he's shivering. Uh, yeah, give me a quick investigation, just looking around for some stuff. Are you just, like, giving him a jacket to wear while he hangs out with you? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, so, I got a 16 on my investigation. Pretty good. Um... That, uh, with that, you find some kind of a mixture of things, but essentially you're able to fashion a little, like, handheld nest for him to hang out in. Oh, nice. Uh, made out of, like, cloth and some straw and burlap and stuff like that. Well, uh, Jeffrey, I, I feel like, you know, I got you out of your ball. I, I don't really think you have to live in that box either. I think that, you know, I, I, I didn't get you out of there just so I could, like, keep you trapped, bud. Uh, and I'm, like, kind of setting him up somewhere. So, uh, I, I don't know. I just kind of want to, like, tell him, like, just, uh, you know, if you need anything, just, just squawk at me. And uh, if you want to go back in the box, that's fine. I don't, I mean, I, I think that probably sort of, like, burning up, you know, what you do is, might be a little spooky now that you're not in your ball, but it's, it's up to you. It's up to you. Whatever you want to do, little guy. Uh, he just sits there for now. Okay. That's fine. Um, good. I, this is great. Stoney, we got Jeffrey out of his ball. We did it. And I'm like oh, wrapping man. up my bloody hand with like a big <laughs> smile on my face. And you'll notice that Smiley Johnson has actually been at the bars watching this all unfold. <laughs> Interesting. And yeah, I was gonna say, what's what's uh, any any last things from either of you before we just sort of uh, fast travel? The last no. thing Sony's gonna do is he he's so excited that you did it. He's gonna give you a giant high five, but it's on your your bloodied hand. Oh yeah, I'll forget too. And now you've got like like blood splatter. <laughs> oh, uh, make a strength us. make a strength check for me, oh, Sony. God. Uh, strength check. Luckily. Strength is not something that he's very good at. Ah, critical fail! <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, you completely miss. So, no harm, no foul. Oh, sorry, Flint. But Flint realizes after the first, I think Flint realizes after the first missed swing that he was about to get clubbed on his bloody stump. So he uh, switches to his other hand, and then you have a good high five. Nice. Uh, and we had like a few hours to go before we were getting back, right? Yeah. I think that just as like a thought, um, Flint is thinking like, this is great. You know, I'm not here to like keep Jeffrey in a cage. You know, it'd be awesome. Obviously, I went there with the intention of stealing. I always had it in my mind. I'm going to steal this this phoenix. But I think that the, I don't know, this like unspoken bond has just like overcome a desire to just like steal him and sell him. Uh, and it's kind of like, it feels pretty good to just let him do his thing. Like that's, it's, it's like a rare moment of altruistic sort of like, you know, not really thinking about what I can get out of it. Gotcha. Yeah. I like it. Let's see what Dresden is up to in Nightshade. Dresden, you've made it across to the side with the temple. What do you do? Um, I can see the temple in front of me, right? Yep. And you've been there before. You remember right. it. Right. I'm going to take a big deep breath and just uh, walk forward. You walk forward and you enter the temple through the sort of ruined corner like you did last time. Mm-hmm. And you find your way once again to the inner chamber of the temple, this time without meeting any resistance or evil or dark creatures on your way. And you once again enter the central chamber where Madarua resides. So you re-enter the central chamber, and this time it looks very similar, but in the place in the center of the temple where there was once a etched an etched engraving of a summoning circle of some sort. Um, there is now a clear pool of water. And you can't see Madarua at the moment, but you get the sense that she is in the room. What do you do? I'm going to go onto the, like, by the water pool and just kind of look around and just kind of shout for her. Just say, Madarua, I'm here. As you say that, the candles around the room immediately light, and so do the torches, and Madarua steps towards you from the altar, and she is, she's looking powerful, and she looks basically the same that you remember her, if perhaps a bit more um, prepared for a battle right Mm now, Mm -hmm. and she sees you, and a smile crosses her lips for just a moment. Mm-hmm. And then she speaks to you. And it's sort of the same way that she spoke to you the last time, which is that she more or less makes a psychic connection with you rather than actually physically speaking. Right. And you hear her voice in your head. And she says, I was unsure if you would take that last test and pass it. What test? The test of killing myself? That is the one. And you see her smile for a moment again. Well, what does this all mean? I, I'm here. I, I died. Is, is my service to you finished, or 
What is the next step here? She looks at you this time with less emotion and she says, A deal is a deal. You have served me well. You have sent me many souls. You have helped to restore the balance. And for that, I owe you something. And she slowly brings her hands together. And as she does that, a piece of light that sort of seems to be a part of her essence moves across the room and over this pool of water. And you can see it reflecting brightly on the shimmering surface of the water. And the light enters into you. You feel yourself returning to who you were before your deal. Not only that, but you feel a warmth spreading through your body. And when you look down at yourself, you are solid again. And not only are you solid, your super cool goth look is gone. And Dresden <laughs> Clearstorm, the wizard, is uh, standing in this hall. The prince that was promised has returned. I don't, I don't get, get that. that. Is that a reference to something? <laughs> no. Um, I'm just gonna... Dresden's kind of overcome with emotion. And just... Is is he in the pool? Or... or no, no. He's on the okay. opposite side of her... From her. Okay. Um, he just kind of overcome with emotion. And just kind of breaks down. Uh, and like kind of falls to his knees. When he's able to kind of collect himself. He'll just kind of look up and... And say, thank you for upholding your part of the deal. I have one more favor to ask of you. And it is one that I think you'll be interested in. Because I may be able to help you. I'm listening. Your friends are in trouble. They are hoping for your return. And you will be able to return to them should we open this gate. And with that, she waves her hand, and the surface of the pool almost looks like a window for a moment. And you can see Macecore, and he's standing on a flat plateau in swirling darkness as a battle rages around him. And you watch as a wave of enemies close in on him, and you see Flint. Less clear where he is, but he's attempting to sneak by someone by a garrison of enemies and he trips an alarm and you see them swarm him and you see Piper and she is running toward the battle with a group of ill-equipped citizens of Finrodel who you would never have wanted to see in battle and she waves her hand again and she says I fear that these things will come to pass should we not intercede I believe that you may have reached a level of power that will allow you, with my help, to open a gate right here in my temple to your world. And if you check your character sheet for Dresden the Wizard, you yes. will see that you have a level 9 spell called Gate. Mm -hmm. And Matarua connects with you and says, If we both concentrate, I believe that the magic that seals me here in this temple can be surpassed, though I have not been able to do it on my own. I wish to go to your world, and I will seek out Zargon, and I will deliver the justice that he deserves. You know, I, I want to accept. I have a little bit of hesitation with the goddess of death just being in our world, but 
if you truly mean to feed Zargon, then yes, I will help you. I fear that our time grows short, and this may be your best chance to have an impact. Will you help me? Yes, I, I, I accept your offer. She looks across the pool of water and she says, Join me. And she steps her feet into the water and walks forward. And you can see uh, ripples where her feet impact the water. And you can now see that when she enters the pool, the geometric pattern that was there before um, creating a summoning circle is still there on the base of this pool. But it's obviously been filled with water since you were here. And uh, she beckons for you to join her and she reaches out a hand for you. Um, I will go into the water and I will take her hand. Um, when you take her hand, it feels warm and very powerful. And she's much bigger than you. So it's sort <laughs> of like a, a, like a giant reaching down and holding your hand. And... She says, I will follow your lead. Okay. Well, I guess let's do this. Let's do it. Let's cast or do gate. Okay, sweet. Um, can you read part, at least uh, kind of sum that up for us? Yeah. You conjure a portal linking an unoccupied space you can see within range of a precise location on a different plane of existence. The portal is a circular opening. Make five to 20 diameters. Uh, you can orient the portal in any direction you choose. The portal lasts for the duration. The portal has a front and back on each plane where it appears. Travel through the portal is possible only by moving through it front uh, through its front. Anything that does so is transported. So basically, you can make like a one-way. You make a one-way door, more or less, right? Right. And it's a powerful one. And she is concentrating as well. And you watch her as she stoops down and she kind of like on one on the ball of one foot she spins around the edge of this pool with her finger drawing a circle on the ground and suddenly the two of you vanish through the floor rasputin here's what happens for you so you're up at the middle of this chasm saying goodbye to dresden and as soon as he enters the temple you turn away and you see that there are now roughly a dozen of these creatures these hounds gathered beneath you seemingly waiting for you to come down what do you do oh, no. oh god um is there any sort of area that like can i land on top of like a tree canopy if it can't get me yeah, you probably can. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And in the meantime, okay. I'm going to cast Prestigitation right in the middle of their pack and scare them off. Scatter Well, actually, yeah, I want to do it. Like it. I want to cast four, like, like um, I guess if they're, fa they're if they're on the edge of the chasm, I want to irk them so some of them fall down the chasm. Ooh, yeah. I like it. Ooh, nice. Um, Okay, and I'm going to have them make a save against that, because you have, like, a spell save number. I think it's 17 on that. A DC, yeah, spell save DC 17. So I'm going to see that one fails. That one fails. Oh, that's a critical fail. That one passes. Fail. Fail. Okay, so when the lights erupt 
in their midst, three of them plummet off of the edge of the cliff before they can stop themselves. And the other nine are scattered in every direction into the woods. Nice. Um, but I'm still going to land on a tree. Yeah, and you land on a nearby tree. And an interesting thing happens. As you are sitting on the tree, Rasputin, what happens is it takes a few moments, but after these three hounds plummet off of this chasm, you see three balls of light starting to form right by the edge where they plummeted. And the balls of light start to take shape. One of them forms into a very smarmy-looking humanoid creature. Um, He almost looks like a student or something. The other forms into a very smooth-talking salesman type. And he is holding a piece of paper that says, I am Kerpal. And the other forms into the stooped form of an elderly dragonborn woman. And the three of them sort of share a confused look between them. And right as you take all of that in, you vanish. blah 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 you kind yeah, of yeah. like accept yeah and then yeah so you can put that in there keegan um no problem we're just making your job easier by yeah uh go you know i just i like to keep you on your toes by doing things in completely wrong order if we could actually go back to the very beginning of all this and i want i want to say some more things to rescue <laughs> before yeah yeah dresden's yeah. got some yeah. singers yeah. that he wanted the, to do on the, the, on the walk some, over get some, some dad jokes i want to open with so He's, he's been working on some material for his five-minute stand-up. Um, all right, so. Um, that was exciting. That was eventful. All I can think is, as Felocio's watching Francis thrash about after drinking that water, is she was thinking, is that what I looked like every time I went into the pool? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Francis has defecated in his pants. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That feels way too familiar. And thrown up yeah, all Pan, over Pan his Pan helps you clean up Francis before he comes to. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh shit, is that what Lanier was doing Every time we went time? into the pool of knowledge. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. That was great. Francis, you've got your memories back. Wow, I hope Felocial isn't too mad at me because I was trying to be helpful.